When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 20 Questions on Deadline. My guest today is Zoe Saldana. Right now, she's starring in an executive producing Netflix series from scratch, based on the memoir of the same name by Tembi Locke. Next up, she has the sequel Avatar, The Way of Water, coming out. She's also lined up to resume her Guardians of the Galaxy role in its third installment, which comes out next year. Currently, Saldana is working on her lead role in Lioness, the Paramount Plus series executive produced and co-starring Nicole Kidman, written by Taylor Sheridan. All right. So, Zoe Saldana, welcome to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you. Um, before we get into the 20 questions part, um, I would love to talk a little bit about From Scratch and here to hear, first of all, how you came to be on it. I think Reese Witherspoon approached you, right? Because she had made the original memoir that it's based on into one of Reese's book club picks, right? Yes, yes. I, I had dinner with um with Reese and her husband. My husband and I had dinner with them and mutual friends and and then she called me shortly after and um and told me, asked me if it was okay for her to send me a manuscript of of um of a memoir that was getting ready to be published and that she was going to also release it through her book club her, her book club. And, and it's about a woman, you know, from Texas who travels to Florence to study art and falls in love with an Italian, a Sicilian chef. And she didn't really, she kind of prepared me for what to expect. Um, I said, absolutely. I read it. I sent it to my sisters. Um, it really resonated with us uh, as being victims of, of grief and loss. We lost our parent, our, our father when he, when I was nine. So that was what was most intriguing for me to be a part of the telling of a story around death and grief and from the perspective of, of the caretaker and the family of the caretaker because I hadn't seen that before and um and it just felt really alleviating for us it, it also mm-hmm. gave me like a deeper understanding of what it must have been like for my mom uh, mm-hmm. by reading Tembi's experience losing her partner and uh, that was first and foremost the choice, the reason why I, I wanted to be a part of it, and my sisters did too. And then after meeting Tembi and meeting Attica and and seeing that there's sisters that are working together, that support each other, that went through a life-changing experience and how they're still sort of managing that pain uh, was another reason to just want to help that family tell their story. You mentioned your sisters, because um, you're executive producing on this, 
show too and you have a production company with your sisters can you just tell me a little bit about kind of your mission in setting that up i we just want to tell stories of women you know that uh we find relatable um either through the themes that they are you know living through um through the events that they are overcoming or you know challenging themselves to accomplish uh whether these are fictional stories non-fictional stories we just want to be a part of the telling um of great female characters you know um and obviously we go into then personal missions of wanting to see women of color in different themes besides the themes that we usually see them under um that's really important because we want little girls that look like us or little girls that feel like they kind of live in the margins of what is considered traditional in their respective lives we want them to feel seen and and feel that they can be whatever it is that they want to be you know because they're 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 witnessing it by somebody else doing it i did want to ask you a little bit about avatar everyone is so excited um the sequel is coming out uh mid december um tell me a little bit about what you think fans are going to feel watching that i think that's a safe question where you won't get in trouble giving anything away <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a very safe question <laughs> they're going to expect an experience surrounding water you know? <laughs> i and i think that that's i know that it's a very simple answer but i i do believe that i am answering it sincerely um oh no i'm sorry I, for laughing i just no, I it's okay. people try to like get all these things and it's so difficult <laughs> no stupid questions i promise you the only stupid question is the one not asked uh, no i um we our planet is 80% water so there's so much more about our our life on earth that we don't know because it lives beneath us and um and pandora was sort of mirrored from that as well uh so which means that when we saw avatar 1 we only got to see 20% and that 20% took us for a ride that we that many of us across the globe have been unable to sort of shake right mm. and um so imagine what is the other 80% uh obviously we do we do know that with all of these relatable sort of conversations that Jim is having around invasion colonization um the erasure of 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 um and the genocide of civilizations and then sort of like the taking and and you know the abuse of of an environment these are themes that we've seen throughout our history repeat themselves over and over again so it's not like we're going to be seeing something that that uh, we've never heard of before um and i just hope it's it's as thought provoking as the first movie was just to compel us in any way shape or form to be more aware of each other but to also like be more aware of our environment um but not not in a way that's preachy just in a way that betters your life you know very well said yeah no i'm really excited to see this um you know of course we're working with james cameron directing again and sam worthington's back as jake sully um and this time all i know is that he's living with his newfound family on pandora so it's going to be It sounds like a real deep dive literally into that oh world. Get ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> um and I also can't help but want to know about is there any news on the new Star Trek movie? I love those films. 
time. <laughs> I, you know, we were in touch with JJ and we were trying to sort of see if we were going to be able to shoot last, you know, this past fall. I don't think it was possible. No. I have I have my sort of, you know, ideas that maybe it was just like schedules were very, you know, we couldn't manage to get a whole cast and a whole crew to sort of come together. But I think I think as well it probably has something else to do uh with, you know, with the project. But I'm I I would I know that we are all on the same page that we would love nothing more to, than to be able to come back. Mm, oh, I want that to happen right away, please. <laughs> just, saying, <laughs> just saying. Um, all right, are you ready for 20 questions? Yeah. Okay, number one, where do you get your fearlessness from? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, where do I believe I get my fearlessness from? I'm just going to answer really quickly from the mothers that have raised me from the fathers that have raised me, uh, from my mentors encouraging me and seeing me, making me feel super seen and enabling me to to just follow my voice. Um, but also from being, being outcast and being isolated because I was different because I, uh, I'm, I was more independent than many children were. My, my passion was not seeking acceptance of others. My passion was climbing a tree and figuring out how to climb down without dying. Like, and I was, my passion was always like how things work. How does that work? Where does that lead to? Let's do it. Like, um, yeah. So there, there you go. Oh, I like that. Especially the tree analogy. That's awesome. Um, when was the moment you realized you wanted to do this job? Acting. Uh, mm. It was a bittersweet moment. I was probably 18 and I realized that I had reached um, the glass ceiling uh, with my body in ballet. Mm. I felt that I had pushed my body to its limit and my body was not going to be able to deliver what I wanted my body to do in order for me to be a prima, a prima donna, like a prima ballerina at a, at a company. And I wanted classical ballet. I did not want modern jazz. I did not want tab. I did not want anything else but classical ballet because it was a space that I didn't see many people that looked like me in. Um, that was heartbreaking because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a challenger. I'm a fearless person. I, at least I was. Um, but then this curiosity of like, okay, I love growing up on stage it felt beautiful as I love art I know that I want to live a life in art and the only instrument I haven't used is my voice so my father used to always call me dramatic every time I would have issues at home (laughs) (laughs) and I was and, and but but he also did it in a way that encouraged me he was like I'm serious like you are very dramatic explore that and and I was like okay let me let me let me explore it and I I started exploring it I liked it I started doing commercials and commercials led to like episodics in New York then it led to a little film called Center Stage and it was mm-hmm. about ballet and and um and I felt like it was a kismet moment because I got to say goodbye to a part of my life that I knew so well and I was heartbroken by, and um, and I got to say hello to something that I was exploring, but I didn't know if I was going to be good enough for it. And by getting that movie and, and having it be a Nicholas Heitner movie, who's a theater director, and I had seen Miss Saigon and Madness of King George. I got to meet all these dancers from ABT and New York City Ballet. Like, I was just like, this is the moment. This is the answer I needed. So I threw myself into it, you know? Mm. You know, when you were talking about um, feeling that your body had reached a sort of limit, 
um, in terms of pursuing being a prima ballerina. Um, what do you mean exactly? Like, what's that experience like physically? It's grueling. It's, you know, you spend 10 years of your life, you know, a minimum, a maximum sometimes of like five hours a day, sometimes even weekends, mass trying to master something. You become very much an outlier. And even after you do those 10,000 hours over a span of 10 years, you realize that you're just not as good as you would want to be. You know, um, because maybe genetically, like you just don't have the feet, you don't have the extensions, you, you know, I don't know. It's just, um, I cried a lot. I cried a lot that year um, mm. because I was wrestling with my ego. There was also that option of like, well, then to just accept it and still go join those companies, apply for those companies and, and be, be in the core. Like, it's okay. Um but I, I have a very, I had a very big ego as an artist. I, I wanted to do more, you know, I wanted to be center stage in something. Mm -hmm. And, um, and at first I punished myself for feeling that way, thinking that I was a bad person to have like, these desires. But then I learned throughout my career, why not? Why can't I be the principal? Why can't I be the lead? Just because the color of my skin is this way, which I'd nev I've never wanted to change, why do I have to accept second place as if like it's my only first? No, I want first place. I deserve first place. It's a birthright. And I was willing to always put in the work. So that's how it's happened. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, who was an early childhood inspirational figure for you? Um, obviously my mom, because she financially couldn't provide the extracurricular activities that we wanted to explore after school, but, um, that didn't, that didn't deter her from still finding the, a possibility to get us into these extracurricular activities. She would keep searching and researching and, and she, she would find scholarships or apply for grants. And, um, so my mom was a very important figure in my life. And so, and also my mom is the kind of individual that she has her limits, you know, and, uh, and what she doesn't know, uh, for us, she certainly doesn't get in our way of us exploring it for ourselves, you know? Yeah, And uh, so it's my mom, first and foremost, my grandmother, who always, you know, whenever we couldn't, she couldn't, we, my, my mom didn't have the means to pay for our private school. Um, my grandmother would sell her jewelry. She would sell a car. She would sell anything that she owned um, to, to provide. And then, um, and then my ballet teacher, I've been surrounded by amazing mentors my whole fucking life. But here's one thing that I believe um, we must do with a mentor. We must respect a mentor. We must accept that they're human. We must take what is valuable that they're providing for us. And we must not be cynical towards those elders that have been here before us that through experience they have grown wiser and they have a lot to teach us because I've seen in this younger generation this level of cynicism that just because you have a phone and you can say whatever the fuck you want on these mm. social mediums it makes you greater and bigger and more smart than anybody else and yet you lack the experience to understand mm. life and human complexity and um and I'm worried for this younger generation I have to say so leaning into your mentors um is super important when you are privileged enough to have one. And I've done that my whole life. I love what you just said. Um, 
yeah, that kind of respect for experience has somehow been lost. Um, oh do you talk to your kids about this or are they, are they old enough to kind of absorb that stuff? Um, they're, they're not old enough. They're young enough to, for us to instill in them the value of respecting your elders just as much as you respect yourself. Cause that's also the one thing of these older generations and also culturally, um, that you were, you were taught to revere the elders, but to never take time for yourself and respect yourself and your voice. Mm. And, um, and I also disagree with that. I think children should be respected. I think children have an opinion. Children should be allowed to weigh in on their lives and how, you know, how the environment that we're providing for them affects their lives day to day. Mm. Um, so we do that. We, we have a great deal of respect for our children as individuals, but we are also very strict about, no, 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 you get up and you say hello. No, 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 you let them finish. You go greet every lady at the door. You open, you know, you, you, you extend the seat, you extend help. You don't lose that sight of like, of the respect you have to have for those before you. Mm, so good. I love that. Um, what were the posters you had on your bedroom wall growing up? <laughs> uh, my mother was quite geeky. She would have like posters like, um, if the if, what is it uh if the left what is it if the right side of the body controls the left side of the brain that only left-handed people are in the right state of mind and oh, that was that with that on because i'm left-handed i'm le my my sisters and i were all left-handed are you um, oh <laughs> left-handed people are my favorite yes we're the only ones in our right state of mind <laughs> thank you and you know i i always always like left-handed people what is that does that sound weird? I, I know. I don't know. Like, I try not to give in to things like astrology or yeah. these kinds of, like, theories because I don't want to be, like, judgmental, like, harshly judgmental on something that may not be fucking real. Right. right. But, um, but I have to admit, I agree with you. I've, I've been attracted a lot to left-handed people. <laughs> I think it's something to do with the creative mind. I because think so. there's something about left, right brain. I don't know enough about it. I'll be honest, but um, me there's definitely a, a, a something about the direction you think in. That's <laughs> I certainly <laughs> felt special. So these were the kind of posters. My mom didn't really. And here's the thing that that I I've, I'm like, maybe that's a good thing. My mom didn't really let us have posters of men. Oh, yeah. she was just like, get a hold of yourself. They're just singers. <laughs> You know, it's it like, oh, so awesome. it's your mouth. What the fuck are you doing? Like, and I remember always feeling like, oh God, but I love that she did that today looking back. And I'm like, I love that she never, she kept us grounded mm. on, on like, on like just the reality of, of the significance of a man in your life. It's not just because they look cool or they're cute. Doesn't mean they walk on water. I you know? kind of love your mom right now. <laughs> She's amazing. She's an Aquarius. Um, she also she also told us every time we were about to walk out the door and she would sense that we were, you know, timid about something or anxious about something, either meeting someone for the very first time or meeting someone's parents or auditioning for something or interviewing for something. She would always be like, hey, hey, hey. And you're like, what, 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 mom? She goes, I hope you like them. 
Oh, that's a good thing to say. Always to remind us that that what we have to say or think about someone is should be just as important um, than what they have to say and think about us. Absolutely. That's such a, a perfect thing to say in those yeah. moments. She always well, does. Still does. I'm, I'm going to tell my friends that have kids about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was the first movie you ever saw in a theatre? Oof. Uh, first movie, first movie, first movie. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh my God, I'm going to tell you. I think it was like an American werewolf in London. Oh, Jesus Ooh, Christ. That's a good one, but so scary. <clears throat> Absolutely, but it was the 80s. Um, my mom did not have a nanny to leave us at home. <laughs> and she still had to enjoy her life. She was a young mom. She was, you know, like at 23, she had three little babies, you know, and, wow. and, uh, mm. and a man that worked nonstop. So my mom found a way to still manage to, my mom still managed to do a lot of things that she enjoyed and she would have to like take us around. And if we were napping, that would be great. But if we managed to wake up in the middle of a movie like that and you saw that moment when he's transforming into a werewolf, it was just, yes, it was traumatizing. Had my mom known then that it was going to be that impactful, I think my mom would have kept us from it, but I'm glad that she didn't. <laughs> I mean, that movie is, I watched that when I was really young too. And, but I think I really appreciated what a great movie it was too. Yes, I did too. I did too. Good. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What about a TV or film character you wanted to be? Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, okay. And what about the weirdest job you've ever had? The weirdest job I ever had. Oh, God. Okay. Um, when I was a teenager, I was working for this little theater company that was um, sponsored out of a hospital, a psychiatric hospital in Brooklyn. Um, and we used to write you know, skits that were based on real life issues that inner city kids were going through. Sometimes that was domestic violence, drug addiction, gang violence. Um, and uh, I got to perform in high schools and junior high schools and hospitals and jails. We got, we had, we had the, you know, the, the opportunity to travel all the way to Germany and all the way to Los Angeles to perform uh, uh, because these skits were really important and very inspiring, not just for teenagers themselves, but also for the educators and the caseworkers around uh, working with teenagers. Um, but one time we were asked to perform being people uh, that were reacting to really uh, sudden uh, news about medical issues mm -hmm. so that we can help sort of residents uh, that were becoming doctors of certain fields, like learn to speak to patients and their families about breaking news. That was very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And that to me was the weirdest thing, but so necessary. And still to this day, 
I wish it's something that that hospitals are doing, that centers and organizations and universities are doing around their medical students, because I've been a negative recipient of of a tone deaf like medical practitioner that doesn't know how to talk to a patient, you know, or to a caretaker. But I've also been a, a very positive recipient of somebody that had the ability to go through that course. So that was the weirdest, but it was a very important uh, job that I did. When you say you were a negative recipient, are you talking about your dad losing your dad? No, I, I, you know, I've been, I've been present with family members that are going through health sort of scares or health illnesses, and um, and I've been fortunate, unfortunate enough to be present when these um, diagnoses are 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 being, you know, revealed, and um, and I've seen how it affects, you know, someone when they don't have that warmth, you know, around them. And, and that, and that can sometimes be detrimental in someone's sort of belief and confidence that they can get better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, the patient relations is, is such a huge part of uh, medical care, I think. Yeah. Oh, under, yes. Underestimated quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, when was the last time you cried? Um, two days ago. <laughs> you know, most people say something like that when I ask them that. It's always like today or yesterday, <laughs> which I'm, I like. I'm... I think it's so good that, you know, people are willing to sort of lean into feelings. I think that's I great. agree with you. I really agree with you, Antonia. I think it's important to to you know, to have a good cry. It's like a form of exercise. Um, mm. Yeah, but I cried two days ago. I, I I had to leave my children, you know, and come to New York for work for two nights. And, and it's just always hard because sometimes they're okay with me going and they don't even notice that I'm, that I'm leaving. And other times, you know, it's hard for them. It's hard for them to accept the choices that I make in my life because they're the ones that are making those those sacrifices and sometimes they're not okay with it. Mm. You know, and it's hard. It's hard when you're like a working parent and and it's not harder for a mother over a father because I see how much my my husband suffers as well when he has to leave his boys and um so yeah, so we that we allow ourselves to cry all the time. <laughs> good. Good, good. Healthy. Yes. Um Okay, you're packing your nuclear bunker. What do you take to watch? Oh, um, all of my streaming accounts. <laughs> oh, that's cheating. <laughs> well, my laptop. But you have to be specific. <laughs> oh, you want me to be specific? Like, what do I take? Show or a movie? There's something that never gets old for you, or that oh, is God. long enough to distract you. I I don't know. Please don't judge me, but I um I like watching The Matrix. <laughs> I'm I love stuff like that. Oh, I love it so much, and um, I like uh, I like having my Kindle. I like reading. Mm. Um, Is there something you're reading right now that you're like really into? 
um, obviously I'm reading all the episodes of the show that I'm doing with Nicole Kidman right now. So those are, those are the last things that are up. I also read an Alex Dinolaris, who's a, a playwright, a screenwriter. I read his script, um, which is really good. And then the last book novel I read uh, is uh, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, I just listened to that on audiobook. It's so it was good. so good. Is, is that Taylor Jenkins read? Let me see. Let me see. Yes, yes, absolutely. It is. And so before good. that one, before that one, I read um, I, The Heroine Journey. Oh, what's that? By Maureen Murdoch. Oh. Um, it's it's just it's it's a movie around women and the journey that we have to take as as um as mothers and sisters and daughters and everything else and uh it's it's really good book because I was reading it as a research. When you mentioned the scripts with uh that's produced with Nicole Kidman, are you talking about Lioness? Yes. Okay, I really would love to hear anything you can tell me about how that's going. Oh my God. It's uh, so far, I'm feeling great. It's going really good. Uh, the executives are very happy. Taylor Sheridan, uh, what the fuck? I honestly, he's just such an ex- he's just such a great writer. He writes and his pace is just so good, you know, and um, and he, I don't know whether or not he's aware of this, but um, he writes complex characters and presents complex situations, you know, around their relationships, but he does it in a way that, um, us, the actors and the artists and the directors, we can sink our teeth in and just discover and rediscover so many layers that maybe he didn't add there because he's expecting us to do it, but there's a cadence that he has to the way that he writes his dialogues. And, um, and that, those are the things that he, he likes when you respect the rhythm of, of the way the lines are said. And, and um, I don't know, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting to work with him and work with his team. You're the lead role, right? Yes. Yes. Well, Along with Nicole Kidman and Liza de Oliveira. Um, can you tell us anything about your role specifically? Um, well, I've, I, uh, I'm running a, a program uh, called the Lioness Program. And uh, Nicole Kidman's character is the, you know, is, uh, is the one that created this program. And, um, and we basically just train women to either you know be in the field or or be behind the scenes and and help us sort of solve operations and you know I can't I don't want to spoil it for you no, I know. it's not really based on a on a one specific real character per se it's based on on the reality that these programs must exist and they that and that they've existed for a long period of time and that women have served in government in different departments of government uh, either on domestic or international affairs a great deal and that they have a lot to do with with you know events in our in our history like either being solved or being remediated and and that uh, the fact that all of us women are coming together to to highlight that you know, is, uh, is, is quite extraordinary. 
Oh, it sounds so juicy. I can't yes. wait. <laughs> do, you know, do you know vaguely when it's coming out? Next year. <laughs> vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll have to wait. <laughs> okay. Who's your dream dinner companion, living or dead? My dream dinner companion, living or dead? I say, and I obviously, I, um, my husband obviously because he mm-hmm. he's just like so you know fun to hang out with, and um, my sisters, uh, I just you know we are extensions of each other. We are always in conversation, sometimes over dinner, and sometimes over you know bathroom calls. Like I just love mm-hmm. always connecting with them. In the most real way possible, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say those. Mm. What is a moment that you were starstruck? A moment that I was starstruck. Um, I, I, I. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I've had many moments like that. Um, I think. <laughs> You know, um, a moment that I was starstruck. I don't know. I'm not really starstruck. I don't I think that has to do with my mother. But a <laughs> uh, uh, moment that I got emotional. I think, you know, I can tell you meeting James Cameron, meeting Sigourney Weaver, meeting, you know, uh, the son of Gabriel Garcia Marquez, the fact Mm. that his son, um, you know, um, yeah, just things like that. I'm so sorry. I just. Oh, no, those are those are amazing. Yeah. Um, And what job would you be doing if this hadn't worked out? I would say working with either children or animals. Mm. Do you have a lot of pets? I, we have one dog. Mm. Her name is Dolce. She's a golden doodle and she's so delicious. Aww. And um, an absolutely, you know, a part of the Perego Saldana, you know, tribe because she's just mm. as terrible and, and a troublemaker. <clears throat> and uh, but now that my our kids are getting older and their requests are, you know, for Christmas or, or birthday, like, I want to have a turtle, I want to have a bird, I want to have a frog. Um, you know, our desires to first find a place that we can be long enough in to basically have to hold more than one pet. Because every time we travel, we would have to travel with all those pets. You mm. know, they don't just become pets that we leave, you know, with a babysitter. We take them on with us as well. So, right. That's <laughs> That's nice that they become part of the family. Yeah. I think they really feel it when you leave them behind. Animals. They don't like it. We left yeah. Dolce. We left Dolce for two months this summer because we couldn't take her where we were going for a vacation. Mm. And um, we were just depressed. We actually shortened our trip uh, just so we can be with her. And she was very anxious and she was very sad. And she didn't understand why we did that. I, I tend to speak with her all the time and I'm pretty sure she speaks back to me. So don't communicate to Oh my god. They're just so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I know my dog speaks English in his head, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. What is your all time dream role? Oh God, my all time dream role. Um 
at this very moment, I don't really have one. Um, I mean, I do, but I'm just afraid to sort of be public about it because this is, this is a real life person, uh, who is no longer with us, but she was just as iconic. And, um, and I had a very negative experience, uh, you know, playing, playing someone before, um, so I I still don't have the confidence or the strength to 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 get back into that. But if I did, I would want to tell her story. But I I don't I just don't feel like I want to share it just yet out of fear of like just you know being picked on and 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 having a negative backlash again. It's it's something that you can be tough on as much as you want, but um, words are very strong and they and they pierce sometimes like really deep layers of your heart and it stays, those damages stay there forever. And, um, and I just, I, I wouldn't want to put myself in that position again, maybe. So when you talk about the negativity, it's, it's like, um, it's specifically having to see comments and people, people are extraordinarily cruel on social media. I personally stay off Twitter because I just find the conversation has a lot of times become so toxic and not absolutely I do I I stay off social media but also I stay off media itself as well because before there was social media the journalist the um the the that you know the media institution owned a, a great deal of the narrative and the characterization and mischaracterization not just of a persona but also of a brand and and um of a cause of an event. And, um, and I do believe that we do have to raise conversations that challenge us and help us grow and have to, and help, help us gain insight on things that we just had no idea about. Like, but I also do believe when a journalist, uh, weaponizes the power of his word and the, uh, and the amplification of a message. And sometimes that becomes a personal, you know, uh, mm. agenda. And, um, and then it, it 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 kind of like it gives permission to all these other people to sort of jump on it and and continue extending a narrative that may not be eighty percent of the time it will not be the accurate representation of the entity that they are mischaracterizing and judging. Mm, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think um, being a journalist you know, you have a real responsibility to use that platform with an even-handed, true journalistic approach. Unbiased means- approach, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the difference between a journalist and a, <clears throat> and a, and a blogger. <laughs> yeah, or, or critics is a whole other or, department where that's uh, all yes. about the opinion. Which was yeah. The, yeah, the traditional department, for sure. I do respect subjective a subjective and respective opinions. I do. I learned so much from it, but you, you, I, you also have an instinct. We all do. And we know when it gets a little too personal and it gets a little too sour and it kind of derails into a really biased opinion. And it's, and it feels a person like a personal approach or a personal dag. Mm-hmm. And that's when I get off. That's when I get off the conversation for sure. Well, what helped you kind of even get back on an even keel after experiencing that kind of a backlash? And it sounds very painful. 
Um, leaning into my environment and the people in it that really know me. <laughs> so that when on, in times of trouble, when I forget, um, you know, and I self-sabotage and I, I fall, you know, victim of like being a slave of like approval. They remind me of that. I, I, I'm, I'm my own person and that I have to live my own path and that they are going to, you know, help me do it the way that I help them do it. Like, and that, you know, and, and, and then that the healing starts and, and you learn to sort of like, you know, you, you heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Zoe, it has been a real pleasure speaking with you. I am now desperate to see Lioness um, among many other things that you've got coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will, I know have to wait till next year, but hopefully not too long. I hope um, you like Avatar when you see it in December. <laughs> I'm, I'm planning on, uh, on bagging myself a seat at the nearest press screening so I can get in there early. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to cheat. That's so cool. And I have to say thank you for your questions. They were wonderful. And oh. I hope I didn't get too heavy. <laughs> Not at all. No, I love a good juicy chat. This was great. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you again, Zoe Saldana, for being on the show. Check out the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and read our awards line magazine in print and at deadline.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.